so glad you could join us for mornings at YCBC today. We want to thank you for being a part of our online family and we hope that this message encourages you, blesses you and helps you grow in your walk with Him. So let's get into the Word. Who has realised that it's less than three months till Christmas? Yes, my favourite time of year. But anyway, about that time of year we start hearing a certain song. You better watch out, you better not cry. You better not pout, I'm telling you why. Santa Claus is coming to town. As parents, I'm sure we've all used that or something similar to get good behaviour out of our kids. Be good so Santa will bring you presents. Behave yourself. Dad will be home soon and we don't want to make him mad. If you pick up all your toys, you'll get a treat. All these things are meant to elicit good behaviour for something good but we don't always use them in the right way, depending on the tone of voice. I must admit that at about half past 12 last night, I was using my mum voice. Let's be good, because dad's coming home soon. Sounds very different to behave, your father's coming home soon. Jude's message for us this morning is positive. He doesn't use a mum voice to say it. He's reminding us that we're waiting expectantly for Jesus' return and to stay on track. He reminds us of what we have gained through faith and why we persevere. And he talks about being a healthy believer and about our security in Jesus as we wait for eternal life. As we open, I'd just like to pray this morning. Lord, as we come before you this morning to look at this last bit of Jude this morning, I pray that the message you have for each one of us will be just what each of us needs to hear, despite what what words I use this morning. I pray that Jude's encouragement to be a healthy believer will shine and will shine through and we will be encouraged to persevere. Thank you for your word. Help us to understand how to live a life for you and how to persevere in life. Amen. Quite coincidentally... I didn't know that the Summon show, show was going to be on Perseverance this morning, so maybe God has that message for us this morning. Last week we talked about what our price is and at what point we decide enough's enough and we can't possibly do any more for Jesus and we walk away. Jude urged us to contend for our faith, but at what point do we stop? Is it when our lifestyle changes too much? Is it when we have to give up possessions? Or is it for something of far less value? What is our price? This week we're going to look at why it's worth persevering. What would it look like if we had no price and were willing to give our all to whatever God asked of us? What are we willing to prioritise in order to persevere and give ourselves to God freely? In verse 20 to 21... Jude says, but you, dear friends, by building yourselves up in your most holy faith and praying in the Holy Spirit, keep yourselves in God's love as you wait for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ to bring you eternal life. This is very practical advice. If we're going to persevere, we need to build ourselves up and prepare. Most people can't excel at anything if they don't prepare. Depending on the activity, it can take years to train and prepare and to work on the skills that are needed for whatever you're doing. This is what Jude is talking about with our faith. As we wait for the mercy of Jesus to bring us eternal life, we need to build ourselves up in our faith. 
we work on it. We don't wing it, we work on it. And I think there are three ways Jude's telling us to do this. Prepare, pray and prioritise. Prepare, pray and prioritise. Preparing is building ourselves up and getting ready for what lies ahead. Preparing is what an athlete does when he's getting ready for a meet. They get ready. They do the right training. They rest when they're supposed to. They eat the right foods. They take the right supplements. They get massage and physical therapy when it's needed. As Christians, we need to prepare and build ourselves up in our most holy faith. We need to read God's word, which is our training and our teaching, preparing us to run the race ahead. Paul, in writing to Timothy, urges him to use God's word to prepare and equip himself for what lies ahead. 2 Timothy 3.14-17 says, But as for you, continue in what you have learned and have been become convinced of because you know, the, from the, you know those from whom you learned it and how from infancy you have known the holy scriptures which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Jesus Christ. All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting and training in righteousness so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. God's word is our training and what prepares us. It equips us and trains us for what's ahead. God inspired and prompted the authors of the Bible to write what we need here and now. God's word is timeless. It's just as relevant now as when it was written. God's word is alive and active, Hebrews 4 tells us. Everything we need to build ourselves up and prepare for the road ahead is found in the Bible. If anyone says the Bible is no longer relevant to our culture, it is not the case that the Bible is no longer relevant. Please excuse the double negative there. If someone says the Bible is no longer relevant to our culture, it is not the case that the Bible is irrelevant. Instead, the culture has rejected the Bible. If we build our lives on scripture, we make the Bible relevant to those around us. If we as Christians build our faith based on the living, breathing word of God, then we make the Bible relevant and show others how it can apply to our modern day culture. We're not promised easy lives. Instead, in 2 Timothy 3.12, Paul says that everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. Athletes know that injury will happen at some point. Christians know that they will be persecuted. This shouldn't stop us, though. Injury or persecution should not be our price for giving up. Instead, we build ourselves up in our most holy faith and we prepare for what's to come. Another way of preparing is to keep meeting together. Hebrews 10, 23 to 25 says, Let's hold unswervingly to the hope we profess for he who promised is faithful and let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. If we want to prepare and build ourselves up, then we need to meet together. There will always be excuses for not coming to church on Sunday or joining a life group or Bible study or other Christian activities. But we're told in Hebrews 10 how essential this is. 
Our excuses often centre on our own feelings, but we need to see church and other gatherings as essential, not only for ourselves, but for the good of other Christians as well. You may not see that your contribution on a Sunday or in a Bible study through the week would be worth it, but this is how we build ourselves up in order to persevere. Your input and presence is essential. You're part of the body of Christ, and when one part is missing, the body can't function as a whole. However, if we do meet together regularly, we can spur each other onwards. We can encourage one another and we can bless one another. A few years ago, a friend bought me a meal and I said I didn't feel I deserved it. She said to me some words I will never forget. She said, don't you dare rob me of a chance to bless you. By coming to church and other gatherings, we can bless and encourage others. But if you don't come, you lose that opportunity and you lose the opportunity for others to bless you. Out there in the real world is hard. We face hardship and persecution. Within the body of Christ, there is encouragement, love and blessing. The more we meet together and build one one another up, the easier it becomes to do life out there. Jude's encouragement to build ourselves up happens when Christians gather together to encourage each other and build one another up. The harder life gets out there in the real world, the more we need to meet together and the more we need to build ourselves and each other up and encourage one another. As we wait for the mercy of Jesus to bring us eternal life, we keep on learning from God's word and we meet together. The next thing Jude wants us to do is pray. As we wait for eternal life, we pray in the Holy Spirit. This means to stay in communion with God through Jesus by the Holy Spirit. Prayer is communion with God. The dictionary says communion is the sharing or exchanging of intimate thoughts and feelings, especially on a mental or spiritual level. Prayer is how we talk and communicate with God in a very intimate way. This is made possible because of Jesus and being filled with the Holy Spirit. Prayer is how we communicate with God. We give thanks and we share all aspects of our lives with God through prayer. We ask God's forgiveness and ask his will for us through prayer. When we pray, we put God first in our lives. Any relationship without communication struggles. The way we ensure a good relationship with God is to communicate with him. 1 Thessalonians 5.17 says to pray continually. Jeremiah 33.3 says, Call to me and I will answer you and tell you great and unsearchable things you do not know. James 4.8 says, Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. This is why we pray. We draw near to God, we get his answers to life's dilemmas and we align ourselves to his will and we do it constantly. And when we just don't know what to pray, Romans 8.26 says, In the same way the Spirit helps us in our weakness, we do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. Not only does the Holy Spirit help us when we don't know what to pray for, 
but he intercedes for us. He's our go-between between between us and God. He searches our hearts and helps us know what God wants for our lives. The third thing Jude says to help us as we wait for eternal life is to keep in God's love. This means we prioritise. We build ourselves up in faith, we pray and we keep in God's love. In everything we do, we prioritise being in God's love. We keep in God's love if we prioritise it. We aren't worthy of God's love, but God sent his son in love to die for us. As a response to this, we do all things in love. John 15, 9-14, we read the words of Jesus where he says, As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Now remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you... um, I have told you this, I've missed something here. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command you. Jude wants us to keep in God's love. And in order to do this, we need to prioritise. We need to put God's love first in all things. We looked at the greatest commandment a few weeks ago in Matthew 22 where Jesus told us to love God with all our hearts, souls and minds and to love our neighbours as ourselves. If we prioritise loving God and all those around us, then we keep in God's love as Jude tells us to. We prepare, we pray and we prioritise as we wait for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ to bring us eternal life. This is our goal and our aim. We build ourselves up in faith, we pray, we keep in God's love while we wait for heaven. Verses 22 and 23 say, Be merciful to those who doubt, save others by snatching them from the fire. To others show mercy mixed with fear, hating even the clothing stained by corrupted flesh. As we build up our faith, pray and keep in God's love, we show mercy, save others and not be stained by others' sins. Jude may have had specific people in mind when he wrote these verses. He certainly seemed to when he wrote the first part of the letter that we looked at last week. But the advice is relevant to us too. We need to be merciful to those who doubt, save others and not be contaminated by others' sin. True faith isn't just building ourselves up and nourishing our own spiritual needs. Jude tells us that we are also responsible for others. We show mercy and we save others. Actual salvation comes through God, but we have to do all we can to point people in the right direction. No one gets dragged or coerced into heaven. They have to choose it. But it's our job to show people that there's a choice to be made. So how do we do this? Jude opened his letter in verse 2 by saying, Mercy, peace and love be yours in abundance. If we live with mercy, peace and love in abundance, then we have plenty of overflow to share with others. It's hard to speak of our faith in many cases and in some places we're not allowed to. But we can always be the hands and feet of Jesus, even if we can't speak his name out loud. Micah 6.8 says to act justly, love mercy and walk humbly with God. If we do these things, then we will set ourselves apart from the world around us. This will make us stand out from the crowd. It will open conversations where we can share why we are different. 
It's not something to be afraid of. It's something to embrace as we move forward to our reward in heaven. This life is just a moment in eternity, so whatever rejections or persecution we get for our faith won't be long-lasting or important in the grand scheme of things. We get another reminder at the end of verse 23 to be cautious in whom we listen to and associate with, which we talked about last week. We had to hate even the clothing stained by corrupted flesh. While we act justly, love mercy and walk humbly with God, we need to protect ourselves and be discerning. We need to test the fruit of others and make sure we aren't corrupted by others' influence. We keep in God's love but turn away from anything that might corrupt us. This is our purpose while we're here on earth. We're keeping God's love, we're merciful and we try to save others and we avoid being corrupted because we've been entrusted with it. We contend for the faith that's been entrusted to us, like Jude says in verse 3. While we walk this earth, this is our job. All the other stuff we do along the way isn't important. What is important is contending and persevering and saving. Jude closes his letter with these verses in verse 24 and 25. To him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you before his glorious presence without fault and with great joy, to the only God our Saviour be glory, majesty, power and authority through Jesus Christ our Lord before all ages now and forevermore. Amen. Every single Sunday in the church I grew up in, we would sing the doxology at the end of every single Sunday service, which was these words from Jude. Every single Sunday. Repeating the same activity at the same time each week might bring comfort to some people and can be torture for others. And I'm sure you can guess which side of that I was on. As an adult, I can appreciate that I've got some verses of the Bible memorised, but as a kid, singing the same thing every single Sunday was torture. I see the irony in me wanting to look at this passage this morning with God's great sense of humour. We talked about perseverance, and this is how it is possible for us to persevere. God himself can keep us from stumbling, and we will be presented to him without fault, and with great joy. Christ's death and resurrection made us whole and holy the moment we began to follow and accept him. While we are on earth and still have human faults and failings, we, yeah, while we're on earth, we still have those faults and failings. But God now sees us through Jesus. Jesus is the lens through which God sees us. We are identified fully with the character of Christ who was without fault and he helps us keep that way. He does this so we can approach the throne of God without fault with a joy that can't come in any other way, a joy that can only come from being saved through Jesus. This form of joy was used several times by Peter in his letters. 1 Peter 1.8 says, Though you have not seen him, you love him. And even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy, for you are receiving the end result of your faith, the salvation of your souls. 
This joy can't be achieved in any other way. It's a joy that comes from being at peace with God. It's a joy that doesn't come from circumstances in the physical, but comes from the spiritual when we love God. It cannot come through possessions or any kind of lifestyle. Jude ends his letter with some incredible praise to God. <coughs> to the only God our Saviour be glory, majesty, power and authority through Jesus Christ our Lord before all ages, now and forevermore. Amen. These words are loaded with praise and worship to God to which we can't help but say amen to the end of it. God is glorious, majestic, powerful and authoritative. The commentary I used says this, These qualities have always been his and always will be, for they are the qualities of eternity by which he created our world of space and time. And then it says, To such a vision of the almighty God, the believing soul can only breathe in response a humble yet fervent Amen. So be it. We've been talking at our price while we look at Jude and asking ourselves what our price is to sell out to God. This week we've been looking at persevering and keeping in God's love and the reward for it. And again I ask, what is your price? How far are you willing to go for God and the reward of heaven? What will you prioritise in order to persevere and gain joy? What are you willing to give up or change in the here and now in order to gain this incredible joy as you wait for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ to bring us eternal life? Who can you reach and show mercy to as you wait? I opened talking about Christmas and behaving because Santa was coming. This is called Advent. Advent is when you're waiting for a notable person to show up. Christians often celebrate a type of ad time of Advent in the lead up to Christmas when they're waiting to celebrate when the most notable person of history showed up. We need to live life in Advent every single day. Jude says to keep ourselves in God's love as we wait for the mercy of Jesus to bring us eternal life. We build our faith, we pray, we keep in God's love, be merciful and save others, as we wait for mercy and Jesus' return. This is our motivator. Like kids being motivated in good behaviour for Santa, we keep ourselves in God's love as we wait for Jesus and our reward in heaven. As we finish up this morning, I'd like to pray. Lord, we thank you for this book we've been looking at together. Thank you for the encouragement it is to keep contending for our faith and to keep in your love. Lord, we ask that you show us anything that is hindering us from having a full free life with you. Help us to give everything to you freely and to be aware of anything that holds us back. Help us to overcome any obstacles that might stop us from giving our all to you. Lord, help us contend for our faith, to stand up when we need to, to fight for the freedom we have gained through you. Help us to keep in your love, to love you and to love others. Help us show mercy to those who doubt, to save those we can and to avoid being corrupted by sin. Lord, thank you that you can keep us from stumbling and present us as faultless 
before the glorious presence of the Father through the salvation of Jesus. Thank you for the incredible joy we have in you. God, to you be all glory, majesty, power and authority through Jesus Christ our Lord before all ages, now and forever. Amen. Thanks for joining us today. As you head back into your week, we want to encourage you to stay in His Word, stay in His love, and stay strong in your faith. Don't forget to keep up to date with what's happening via Facebook, Instagram, or via our website at ycbc.church. See you soon.